So welcome to the third episode of the Coal Region Campfire. Uh, today we have Savis Logothitis, who's doing incredible things, not only for himself in downtown Pottsville, but for the whole community. He's uh, super involved, and he's doing a lot of exciting things. Uh, he just opened up the Crimson House, which I haven't been, but I've heard great things. I've seen great things on, on social media. I mean, just an incredible place. And he sat down with us uh, for a little bit just to tell us about his story and how he came up with uh, the wheel crimson house today and what are some of the keys to uh, his success in the restaurant industry so take a listen i was living in new york for for six years i came back to Pottsville two years ago and you know to see what you're doing with the wheel i mean i gotta think when you when you said you're gonna open up a grilled cheese place in Pottsville, you probably didn't have i mean you probably had some supporters but probably a lot of people probably thinking you, you were crazy for doing that and now I drive by, every time I drive by, it's packed. I mean, how did you come up with the idea to like a grilled cheese place? I mean, that's unique in a, in a big city. It's even more unique. In a, if you would ask 10 people on the street, they would say a grilled cheese place will never work in Pottsville. And I think that goes to prove that, you know, in, in the coal region, people like nice things. And when they get it, they, they really appreciate it. And I think it's, it's, you know, it's a compliment to you. It's a testament to you of just, you know, having some some balls if, if you will and, and and going with some yeah people people calling me crazy that's definitely an understatement uh, everyone i ran into when i said hey i'm leaving this job running 22 corporate restaurants across pennsylvania new jersey to open up my own restaurant that specializes in grilled cheese you know they they definitely thought that i'd been smoking something for sure but the fact of the matter is you know, the experience that I had in the restaurant industry and looking at the the pitfalls and the re government regulations that were being placed on it, um, you know, it, it made sense to go out onto my own. You know, everyone looks at it and says, hey, you know, I think I can do this better. And that was definitely part of it. But I saw these corporate restaurants getting squeezed and you can see it, you know, still today, year later. And I also took into account, you know, what do what does the the guest want? You know, obviously the guest wants superior food. They want superior atmosphere, right? They want superior service, um, but they also are moving towards that quick service concept. I call it the Chipotle esque effect, mm -hmm. where um, you come in, you select your ingredients, you build it kind of on your own. You're not restricted um, in what in what you buy, and you know, you get in and you get out pretty quickly, you know. And when I when I thought about it, I said, well, everyone loves grilled cheese. I mean, we sell ourselves as a grilled cheese restaurant. But in fact, we have 70 ingredients that you pick to build your own sandwich. I mean, it's a it's a grilled sandwich uh, restaurant. So, you know, you go down and you checklist those those ingredients that you want to build your own. And you have an infinite amount of combinations that you pick on your own and and we get it out to you pretty quickly and people have really uh you know they've really enjoyed it in the community and it's been very well received uh by do, the community. do you have a, I, I think you have it on your menu what's the what's the combo what's the number of combos you can get there did you ever figure that out oh yeah they figured it out like the first the first night i don't even know that it's it's like an umptillion or something, something crazy. Right. And it's posted very early on our Facebook page. Um, but I'm pretty sure that it was somewhere around 40 to 50 digits um, was how big the number was. 
Now, you know, you had mentioned before about like customer service. What, what do you think is the key to, to your success in, in terms of the restaurant industry? Like, what's what's the most important part of running a restaurant? I, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely going to surprise you with this answer, I think. And, you know, I kind of have my own idea of what makes a successful restaurant, I think. And I think that that idea is starting to spread a little bit. I'm not the one who came up with it, but I've had some good mentors in my time. And, you know, everyone says we're in the restaurant business, we're in, we're in the food business, and that's not necessarily the case. It's the people business. And I can give you a couple examples because when I talk about people, I'm not just talking about the guests. Sure, the guests are important. They're the ones, you know, they're the ones paying your bills, right? But, you know, creating a good culture within um, your restaurant because it's a stressful atmosphere, especially a busy restaurant. Um, it's manual labor, in the kitchen and it's manual labor in the dining room it's manual labor behind the bar it's manual labor for the managers and if you don't have that good culture and and people don't want to come to work and feel good about their value where they work um the restaurant's not going to be mm -hmm. successful it doesn't matter how good of food you have or how good a service is it as you're only as good as your team is around you and i wholeheartedly and passionately believe that and you see a movement um, in, in corporate America towards that. If you look at some of the most successful companies right now, publicly traded, Facebook, Google, Amazon, their cultures are amazing. Mm. Their cultures are absolutely amazing. Um, and people want to go to work for them, you know, not just because they make a lot of money, but because uh, the value that, they f that they're felt there, the, the amenities that are felt there, the camaraderie, and, and like I said, overall, just the culture of working for those companies. So by far, you know, we're in the people business. We're not in the food business. Yeah, I mean, it's been open, what, for close to a year now? It's going to be a year and four days. So and September 16th is our one-year anniversary. And, and I've, you know, I've been there various times throughout the year, and it's, and it's what you're saying about the staff. I mean, I think it's the same bartender, same wait staff. I mean, in, in an industry where there's a lot of turnover, that's, that says a lot probably about the, the culture there that, you know, people are excited to come to work. And I, and I do think people are excited about being a part of, you know, you see downtown Pottsville, I mean, and you're at the forefront of it. I mean, right now we're doing this, you know, the podcast from, you know, your new place here. And I mean, I, I can't even describe how cool it is. I mean, if I didn't know that I'm downtown Pottsville, I would think I'm in New York City right now. I mean, exposed brick, awesome ceilings. What, what's your vision for this uh, restaurant? So the Crimson House... Uh you know, it was a deal that I needed to do. You know, my initial idea was, hey, I'm going to replicate wheel in different markets. Mm -hmm. It's successful. I can pretty much drop it in any market, college, town, metropolitan, rural. I think it could work anywhere. Um, but this was a deal I had to get done. I, I, was, uh, I made an offer on a building with a liquor license. It was a great deal. And I said, you know, what's the next trend in restaurants, right? And, you know, my belief now is that it's, it's the tapas-inspired concept. Not your traditional tapas, per se, where it's specifically or strictly Spanish, but those small plates where you don't have to get filled up, where you can order four or five dishes, try a little bit of everything with your friends in a very social environment, have some good wine, have some good handmade cocktails in a really cool looking restaurant. Mm -hmm. That's that's the next kind of level of where we're headed, I think, restaurant wise on a little bit more of an upscale end. The gourmet grilled cheese is great and it's a family oriented type deal. I mean, it's hip, 
But this is where we're going, I think, on a little bit more of an upscale trend. Um, you know, is, is this tapas inspired or small plate concept? Yeah, I mean, if you're like on a date or you're a single guy or girl, I mean, this this definitely looks like a place that you would go to. I mean, this bar, what's this, about 25 yards long? Yeah, about that. So we got we have 21 seats is, is what this bar is going to be. It's, it's um, I think it's the biggest in what I would consider to be the competitive set in Pottsville. <clears throat> now, you, you, you took the dive in terms of investing in a, in, a, in a city that, you know, a lot of people might say, it's kind of crazy to do that. If I'm a new business owner, you know, what advice would you have, like, for me to come to the coal region or, say, Pottsville? So Pottsville is definitely up and coming. I think it gets a bad rap because of some image issues. I'm not going to sit here and say we don't have an image problem because we definitely do it sometime. Uh, at some points, but you know, we're moving forward and there are a lot of like-minded people. There are a lot of like-minded organizations working multilaterally right now Mm -hmm. to move, to move towards a common goal. And, you know, uh, I I sit on the board of the Pottsville Area Development Corporation, the Schuylkill Chamber of Commerce Board of Directors. I'm the vice president of the Pottsville Business Association. These organizations offer entrepreneurs and small business owners who are already in place so many tools to educate and develop them with regard to their businesses. Uh, I think that some of us are are blind or naive to the fact that we could use the help, Mm -hmm. number one. But number two, that it's even out there at the degree that it is for free, for nothing or little, very little. Um, I could start, I mean, we have the scoreboard, which is a national organization where you have these awesome uh, business people from every uh, part of the world or every part of the business world coming in and taking you under their wing and explaining you how to get your business started. We have boot camps at uh, Penn State Schuylkill. It's called the Lion Launch Program where they put you through 12 classes for 100 bucks, 100 bucks. It's like getting almost like a, a mini business degree and then you pitch your idea, and you can get up to $5,000 of seed money hmm. you know, for a $100 investment. Um, we have the Young Entrepreneurs Academy, which I was a mentor for last year, and Mary Jo Moss uh, runs that through the Schuylkill Chamber of Commerce. And she's, she, had 23, or, uh, she started with 23 students who started 17 businesses last year. Um, and these kids range from sixth grade to, to seniors. Like it's, it's, it's amazing watching them. Um, but there are so many different uh, developmental or educational tools or programs out there that I think that we don't realize as, as small business owners or entrepreneurs that are definitely out there. Not to mention the financial help that you can get through uh, the Schuylkill uh, Economic Development Corporation, SEDCO, or Pottsville Area Development Corporation, PADCO, or Chamber of Commerce, where they're going to help you get these loans these low interest loans and help you run your businesses and then support you, you mm. know, once, once you're in business. So, um, you know, for me, I think that my advice, my number one, do, do the homework, go to these different organizations, go to these programs, go to these workshops, and it's going to make your life much easier for sure. Now, you know, we're talking about, you just talked about like locally, what about as an entrepreneur in general? Like, like who, who's your, Who's a person you admire? Like, uh, you know, is it William uh, Warren Buffett or, or or Bezos? Like, who who is it? Like, what's the key to because to be an entrepreneur, you have to be a little bit crazy because mm-hmm. 
you don't get your own benefits. You don't have set hours. I mean, I'm, I'm sure your workday probably, I mean, you just came in here sweating. I, I'm sure your workday is probably 17, 18 hours a day sometimes. Sometimes, you know, definitely. But I think that that's an important part of being an entrepreneur is, is making sure that you have a good balance because you don't want to burn yourself out. But um, to to the point of who are, you know, who do I look up to? Who are my mentors? I mean, I'll give you a, a couple. I mean, obviously, I think Mark Zuckerberg is, is amazing for his innovation, you know, the civic duties that he that he, um, you know, goes out and just gives so much money back into his community, into the world, um, how he employs people, how he how he treats people. So, you know, Mark Zuckerberg is a big one for me. Warren Buffett from a you know, from an investing standpoint, I, I do some investing on my own. You know, I think that he's definitely someone that that I I, I look to when you know um, I want to educate myself on on finances. I'm a big fan of uh, Stephen Starr, um, and and Stephen Starr owns a number of restaurants um, out of Philadelphia, New York City, uh, Florida. Um, you may have heard of some of them. Budokan is, mm-hmm. is one of the most popular ones. I think that the way he runs his restaurants, um, I, I, I try to kind of mirror that, but on a smaller scale. I mean, sure. He has really big, cool restaurants. Like, yeah. It's a cool place to be, right? Yeah, like Budokan, you don't you sit like next to strangers, right? At like a big table. Uh, is yeah, that one of yeah, the, yeah. I mean, it's it's a, it's a far eastern um, it's a far eastern type of deal, but it's contemporary. And yeah, you can either sit next to strangers or you can sit privately at your own table but it's just a cool hip atmosphere mm-hmm. cool music in the background cool modern f- food you have your your wait staff or your service staff is very well educated and they're cool mm-hmm. you know, like so I, I i try to mirror that you know with with my concepts you know obviously on a smaller scale um, but I think that, you know, that's, that's a big deal. In well, the yeah, I, I, I think in terms of like food, especially like across the country, like you're paying money. So yeah, you want the food, but you also want the experience. And I think like even the wheel, just getting that little piece of paper and putting your name on it and, and, you know, checking off what you want and don't want. I mean, that's an experience. That's neat. You don't get that at any other restaurant. Mm-hmm. And I think here it's going to be, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm looking at it and it's like, I'm, I'm already excited, you know, for you to open. Um, I know probably looking too far ahead, but do you have any other concepts that you would like to, you know, to get back real quick to what you said, our tagline for the Crimson house is experience driven satisfaction. Like, so for the Crimson house, you couldn't, you hit the nail on the head for the Crimson house. We want you to come in and we want you to have a one and a half hour, two hour experience Mm -hmm. with your friends for happy hour or your anniversary, or your birthday, or your bachelorette party, whatever it is. We want you to have a great experience, top to bottom. We want you to have food you've never had before and that you love. We want you to have drinks you never had before. And the bartender was was awesome when he was making them and describing exactly what it is. And you're going home and telling your friends all about it. We want that experience. So that's pretty cool um, that, that, you, that you hit that nail. But you know, as far as other concepts, I think wheel is a, a very replicable concept and I think I'm going to stick with that for right now Mm -hmm. Um, but you never know there's some cool stuff that I've seen around recently and you know I kind of put it in my back pocket you know and and see if it's going to last more than a year or two but yeah like that gastro pub thing is pretty neat yeah that is cool you know right now what has something I'll kind of let you in on that has me really intrigued and one of my servers actually at wheel is the one who brought me this and I did some research is Thai ice ice cream. Hmm. Um, it's called, there's a franchise called sweet Charlie's 
in, in a is that the machi or no? That's in, in, no, okay. So it's like uh, it's it's almost similar to a cold stone where you, you drop uh, a formula onto a very cold surface. Uh huh. Your special piece of equipment, and it freezes immediately. But in in the time that it takes to freeze, you can add other ingredients, fruit candy whatever you that know sounds pretty good and what it happens is it freezes and then you roll it up and you can put it in like a a taco shell that's actually like a, a cone a traditional right. waffle cone or you can put it in a dish so you know that's something i'm keeping my eye on right now for sure i think tapas like i said tapas inspired not traditional tapas per se i think that small plate type of concept is is, is definitely going to take off for sure um and anything really that you build your own like mm. wheel wheel i think was is a home run and i think it will be for a while but you know if you look at i mean you can do it with anything i mean look at it. look at the different concepts across the country now there's pizza build your own there's taco build your own there's yeah. sliders build your own right so i think that type of idea that fast casual type of idea is probably what you're looking at you know um if we were to open more concepts, what we would what we would go after. What's your favorite combo at Wheel? What's my favorite? My favorite sandwich that I've had so far is the Schuylkill County grilled cheese, which we made for National Grilled Cheese Day. We only made it for one day, and we made homemade blinis or lakas, you know, depending on where you're from. And in between the two the two blinis, we put uh, some covalent kielbasa, some pierogies, some cheddar cheese. And it was it was amazing. I mean, it definitely a mini heart attack on a sandwich, but it was it was it was freaking awesome. Really what what's awesome. the most popular like topping there? Bacon is is you know that's kind of right. easy. You know, bacon people love bacon on their grilled cheese, but our homemade buffalo chicken mm -hmm. uh, sells. Oh yeah, the buffalo mac and cheese is great the too. Buffalo mac and cheese, yep, same thing. Uh, it sells like crazy, and and so we make those things in house. The mac and cheese we make in house. We make. Uh, a, a cheese sauce out of Gouda, mozzarella, Cooper, Cooper American, you know, and, and it's it's really tasty. And people really seem to, to take to that. Who who would be like? Uh, do you watch Food Network? Uh, sometimes, sure, okay. Sure. So who would be your like dream customer to walk in that you'd make sure that they'd have the the best grilled cheese that they've ever had in their life? You know, Guy Guy Fieri. I get I get all the time. People are always telling me they're going to write me into Guy Fieri because they they need to come in and see this concept. Um, for me, I think Anthony Bourdain would be pretty cool to have um, in in the restaurant. I think, you know, he's not only a great chef, but he's a pretty like again, he's a pretty cool dude. It mm -hmm. seems like at least on yeah, TV, I mean, you know, I'd like to hang out with him, have a drink with him. You know. Now, uh, they say like a, a man's dream is to own like a bar restaurant. So now you're going to have two. What What do you think is like a common misconception? Because I think a lot of people think, oh, well, maybe not today, but I I do think there's an ease to people think that opening up a restaurant, but they don't know the behind the scenes of just like, I mean, to be consistent. I mean, you know, I get a grilled cheese there one day. It has to taste the same the next time I come in. So what's like a common misconception out there in terms of a running a restaurant? So number one, if you're going to run a restaurant, you better love people. And, you know, we kind of touched on this before because mm. you work with them in all, in all facets. That's for sure. Um, and, you know, I think misconception wise, is that it it's not a traditional business in the sense of business i hear that a lot you even hear that like when people talk about servers or cooks oh that's not a real job or something mm -hmm. you know but it, it really is you know and and it's tough 
and it's it's manual labor like and I, you know from a, from a misconception standpoint it's it's not easy you know i think people think it's easy and it's always just fun and games and yeah, it's you, run like a. It's run like. I mean, a you, you look at. I I do the Fitbit, and I'm in a Fitbit challenge with a waitress, and she gets like twenty two thousand steps. Yeah, yeah. You know, which yeah. I think is not yeah. fair, but anyway. I yeah, mean, <clears throat> I remember when we were opening Wheel the first week. I was doing about forty thousand steps. Really? Yeah. That, so, yep. Um, and you talk about people. How? I mean, you have a great staff over at the Wheel. Mm-hmm. How do you recruit new people for the Crimson House? Sure. So we we've been really lucky. Uh, you know, people want to work at Wheel. They want to work at Crimson House. And I think it's, number one, I, I'd like to think at least that culturally, you know, we've only lost five people since I opened a year ago. And like you said, in the restaurant industry, that's yeah, unheard of. Yeah, you could of. lose five people in a week. It's unheard yeah. of. Like, I think the restaurant averages over 100% turnover, right? So, you know, I'd like to think it's culturally, um, number one. Number two, you make money. We're busy. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you make money. Um, and there's a systematic approach to how I run my restaurants. I run it like a businessman. I'm not necessarily a foodie. I'm a businessman who runs and operates restaurants. It's just what I've been doing for mm-hmm. my whole life. Um, so those systems that are in place, it, it, it really de-stresses the, the servers. It really de-stresses the bartenders and the chefs because the systems and processes that are in place help them execute at a high level. You know, which brings money to the bottom line, which allows me to pay them a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So I probably pay a little bit higher than most of uh, most of the other restaurants in in my market. So I think that that's good. But you know, that word of mouth obviously is like how I want to think is why people want to come work for me. I will say I put a Facebook ad out. I paid I think thirty bucks for it. Put it out for twelve days, and I received over a hundred applicants uh, in in two weeks in a town of. 14,000. Right. People. And people say there's no jobs yeah, here. I mean, yeah, yeah. over a hundred, over a hundred applicants and they were good applicants. Right. Yeah. Not like I was surprised. Like when I've run restaurants previously, you know, maybe one out of every 10 and, and this was one out of every four. Like it was, it was difficult for me to choose people who to hire. Mm-hmm. It really was. That's a good problem to have. It was, it was, I could be selective. Yeah. You know, it, and it was great. It was great. So, I mean, we're going to end up once the Crimson House opens, we're going to have in one year, we're going to have created 50 jobs Wow! in Pottsville. That's awesome. Between both restaurants. And 50 good-paying jobs. Yeah, yeah, 50. And, you know, four of these will now be salaried positions. Um, and, you know, the others are, are hourly positions. But they are jobs where the money made can help them move forward with their families or move forward with their education and, and put it back into the local economy. So. Yeah, and that's one thing I will say. I mean... You're you're involved with the community, and I and I think that's really important. I mean, you go to your website, you have what's going on across you know the whole county, and I know you do a lot of things with the school, you know, different golf events and stuff like that. I mean, you you really give back, which is which is huge because not everyone does that. Now, lastly, um, <clears throat> you know, if you look back at your life ten years ago, I mean, you lived in Pittsburgh, right? Yeah, I'm a graduate of the University of Pittsburgh, and I lived out there a little bit after. Did you did you ever think you'd come back to Pottsville and open up two? upscale restaurants? Did I ever think I'd come back to Pottsville? Yes. Did I ever think I would own two upscale restaurants? No, I didn't think so. I mean, I don't know why. Uh, I have a degree in political science, um, you know, kind of kind of work through the business side of things on my own. Again, I've had some really great mentors, uh, but, you know, the, the restaurant business kind of found me for sure. Um, but 
as far as moving back to Pottsville, you know, I, I love the simplicity of Pottsville, and I always tell the story that when I went to the University of Pittsburgh, if I had to, if I had to go buy a light bulb from the hardware store, you know, and it, the hardware store was a mile away, mm-hmm. it was a pain in the butt. It took 10 or 15 yeah, minutes right. to get there, you know, yeah, through I, the traffic, and, you know, or I had a, if I had to walk, it was a mile away, so it took a while. Um, here, it, it takes, you can hit, you know, two different local hardware stores within five minutes and see 10 people you know, and, yeah, you know, it just a different grab a beer, quality, maybe <laughs> yeah, a different different quality kind of life, and I and I like that simplicity uh, of life for sure, and and that is what really drew me to Potsdam. That's going to keep me in Potsdam. I don't I don't intend on leaving Potsdam at any point. You know, I I'm a little bit of an entrepreneur myself, and I know that like ideas like nag at you. When when what was the tipping point that you said, you know what, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this thing with the wheel? Yeah, so I think it was you know when I was. I, you know, I, I was working corporately and I just saw some decisions that w- were being made that I didn't necessarily agree with. I didn't hate them, but mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily agree with them. You know, I, f- I felt like we were stepping over dollars to pick up dimes, you know, mm-hmm. I use that saying a lot. Um, and at that point I had some money saved and I was just like, you know what? I, I, th- I know this business. I think this will work. I pitched it to a couple people who I, I, I hold close and I got mixed reviews and, you know, instead I just said, you know what, I'm going for it. It's so, awesome. You know, I'm going I'm to make it work. Well, we're glad to have you and uh, thanks for coming here today. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, Alfredo. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening. And remember, you could find us on iTunes at Coal Region Campfire, uh, also on SoundCloud. And you can find us on Facebook. We have a Facebook page to stay afloat on everything. And we'll see you next week when we have Joe Snedeker. Everyone's pretty excited about that one. Uh, It was a great interview. And we'll see you next week. Thank you.